Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Right of the, those little green enemies that show up on your windshield and on your car door. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 22, it says... So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Turn to your neighbor and say, it was dry. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of that was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which uh, he had cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, thy God. It's underrated in the kingdom, but there's nothing greater than obedience to God. It is the key to your success in your walk with God. It's just one word, obedience. And we'll do that which is right in his sight, and we'll give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, and I will put none of these diseases upon them which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where there was twelve wells of water, three scorn and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. I want to preach to you something that I have lived and something that I am I'm I, I have felt was wrestling with the Lord about coming here today, a little subject called an oasis in the desert, an oasis in the wilderness. I want you to lay your Bibles down, and I just want you to lift your hands uh, one more time towards heaven, and let's pray that God will move in this service. I want you to pray for your family right now. I want you to pray for your neighbor. I want you to pray for your heart that it be open. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray, God, that your spirit would move in this house. Oh, God, I'm opening myself to the word of the Lord right now. God, I have needs. I have desires, Lord, and I need them met this morning. God, I pray that there would be a mighty breakthrough in this church service here today. That walls would come down. That broken hearts would be mended, God. That mind, mindsets, and perspectives would be corrected, oh, Lord Jesus. Bind us together in the spirit of the unity that you have given us in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You ever been uh, craving something? I got a, I got one witness. I know a bunch of y'all just... Come on, I, I'm real here today. I'm just as human as you here today. You ever crave something in the middle of the night? Or it may be like a couple weeks go by, and it's just one thing you got to have. There was, I mean, recently, one a couple weeks ago, I was just craving fried chicken. 
all week. I haven't been KFC in years. And uh, I just w- I went down the road, got me some fried chicken. You ever you ever had that that uh, that moment of just you're overcome by all these feelings and these these wants and these desires, and your tongue is just it's it's salivating everywhere, and you're you're just it's a hot you know spring day like it is today, a hot summer day, and you just gotta have that vanilla ice cream cone. I feel bad for all y'all that just crave that chocolate. I, I don't. I, I got to stay away from the chocolate, but it's it's that it's that vanilla frosty. You got to go through Wendy's drive-through and just go pick up. Come on, somebody. I know you just ate cake an hour ago, but you just you got to type it off and smooth it down with that vanilla ice cream. You ever go to go to McDonald's and it just it's a big letdown. You're ready to drive through that drive-through. You got three kids that've been screaming off your head for the past three hours wanting ice cream, and you pull up that drive-through, and all of a sudden they say, "Sorry, our ice cream machine's broke." I feel like it's been broken for 15 years. What's McDonald's without the ice cream machine? I mean, come on, somebody. You've been, you've been replacing the roof. It's a hot summer day. You, you just got the yard work done. You got sunburn on your neck and your arms, and you're burning up, and you just want to be smothered in ice cream. You, you go back in there, and it's just it's broke. One time I went to McDonald's. I told my wife, I said, I'm cheating tonight. Today is my cheat day. Uh, I've been doing good all week what I've been eating. I go to McDonald's, and the machine's broke. I go to Arby's, and sorry, it's down for maintenance. What do you mean it's down for maintenance? doesn't take that much work to make a milkshake. Come on, somebody. I just said, give up. I went to Kroger, got me a whole tub of ice cream. I ruined the whole diet in that very moment. But it's it's this it's this letdown that we sometimes experience with our walks with God. And sometimes we 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 come to God and and we worship and we we praise the Lord and and we had we had a good time when we first came to the Lord, but there's sometimes there's roadblocks that come in the way. There's disappointments that pop up. There's failures and fallings that happen. It's, it's not because that you're, you're not called to such a task. It's because you're human. And you see, the children of Israel, they, they just came out of Egypt. They just came out of a place of bondage. It was a place of torment. It was a place that was, that was torture emotionally and physically. And it was a sense of bondage that was still attached to them. And, and you see here how Moses in the very beginning, even prior to leading them to the wilderness that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, called Shur, that when the Egyptians were overcome by the sea, this supernatural phenomenon just happened. It was something that hasn't happened since where, where Moses stretched that rod across the sea and the water split and they walked on dry ground. And when the children of Israel went past that sea, they can hear the stomping of those chariots. They can hear the wagons moving. They can hear the horses galloping. It was something that the devil was trying to get through the water. It was something that the enemy was trying to get them from the destiny that God wanted them to be in. But but because our God is a God of warrior, he is a, a mighty king. He is the king of glory that is strong and mighty in battle. You got. Let me take a preacher pause here today. You have to be reminded on a weekly and daily basis.
Jesus that your God is greater than any storm that presents itself right before you. There is no past. There is no sin that's greater than the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. It is the remedy for all sin and all bondage. I want to remind Cambridge here today that we serve a God that can do the very impossible. They begin to sing, and they it was called Moses' song. And, and if they titled the song, it would have been the horse and his rider have been thrown into the sea. It was something that that his his uh his um Aaron and Miriam they took the timbrel and the dance and they led thousands, if not millions, of people into this great shout, into this great victory, into this 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 worship moment that was that was something they never experienced. Let me stop here and tell you, this is generation upon generation. All they knew was defeat. All they expected was things to fall down and to fail. And they have one moment where they begin to praise the Lord. Let me stop here again and tell you that there should be nothing. There should not be a sport, a relationship that should take your praise or your worship that belongs to God. I don't know about you, but I made up my mind a long time ago. There's not going to be a rock that takes my place. I'm going to be like the woman with the alabaster box. I've been forgiven much, so I'm going to love much. We can't be stabbed. Sunday by Sunday and not give God praise because he went on Calvary for you and I. He took the stripes on his back. He put the holes in his wrist. He put the crown of thorns so you and I can dress nice. So you and I can have a job and be in our right mind. So you and I can be in the house of God. There ain't nobody going to make you raise your hand. There's not going to be no one that's going to make you shout. But it's really a condition of your heart how you love God. I'm not ashamed how I love the Lord. You should not be ashamed how you love the Lord. Man, that woman, when she went into that, she had a past. Everyone knew her last name. Everyone knew her sins. It was published throughout the whole village, throughout the whole town, throughout the whole city, maybe even outside the skirts of the city. That's why they identified her. That's why they said in their hearts, only if they knew who this, he knew what this woman was, only if he could perceive her past and what was going on. But she took the very costly things. Woo! Some of your costly things are your pride here today. Let me get down to where you're at. Some of your costly things are are, are, are are your dignified self. You know, I've been in church for 15 years. I've been in church for five months or five years. I, I, I had previous breakthroughs. I had previous worship sets. I had previous praise breaks. But just today, I'm not feeling it. Well, guess what? He went on Calvary when he wasn't feeling it. Ooh, come on, somebody. I need a witness here today. I'm saying this in love right now, but he, he went on that cross when he wasn't feeling it. You know what drove him to the cross? It, the Bible says the joy that was set before him. You got to be reminded of Calvary once in a while and say, guess what? If it wasn't for Jesus on my side, come on, somebody. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't be here in a suit today. I wouldn't be preaching the gospel today. Come on, I want to remind you that there's power in your praise and your worship because that woman with the alabaster box, when she broke the box, it filled the whole room. It began to permeate. It began to fill love. It began to fill joy. This city, Cambridge, needs a church that's not ashamed to worship. They need a pastor that's not ashamed to spit and scream for the lost. 
this at right now. How about we begin to dance and begin to praise God? Come on. God was on your side when you were addicted to drugs. God was on your side when your marriage was broken. God was on your side when no one knew who you were. I wish I had a witness here today. Somebody stand up on your feet and begin to praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For he is my Alpha. He is my Omega. He is my author. Come on, something's breaking right now. Come on, come on. I'm not a cheerleader up here today. I'm trying to in the spirit. I'm truly thankful that God saved my soul. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a spectator. Turn, turn behind somebody. Look at someone behind and say, don't be a spectator. Now look to your neighbor on your other side and say, are you going to worship with me? Woo. Are you going to praise with me? Come on, you got people going to football games get more excited about people knocking heads apart. We, we, we come to worship the King of Kings. You ain't here because of me. Mm-mm. You don't, I don't want your faith to be in me. I want your faith to be in my God. Because I didn't die on the cross for you. Woo, I wasn't rejected for you. I didn't take all the, the torment in my mind for you. It was a God that, that, that walked this earth in a man's body and said, you know what? I'm going to come down from my throne and I'm going to build a bridge between me and humanity so they can live as conquerors. Not live by check by check in your faith, but have an overflow like they were singing because my cup begins to overflow. Everything I touch, it gets blessed. Everything I move upon, it gets blessed because we are not a church of a dry God but we are a church of a God that lives in the overflow they begin to shout you may be seated they begin to dance they begin to triumphly glory they begin to shout and scream That's us getting past our flesh. I'm talking to myself here today. I'm saying everything I'm saying in love. I always ask the Lord frequently, God, baptize me for your love, for your people. You are not my people. You're his people. And let me tell you, when they had chains and bondage, all they knew was brick and mortar. All they knew was, was, was some stone and, and some mud, and, and that's all. My granddaddy was a slave. My, my mother was a slave. And now we are in this foreign territory called freedom. We're in this, this place in our lives where, where we don't have to look behind our back anymore. Come on, somebody. We don't have to fret at night because we know what tomorrow morning holds. We don't have to wake up and have drugs in our veins if I could get down to where you're at. We don't have to wake up with a hangover anymore. We're in this place in God that I am delivered. You would think a gracious God and a loving God would would take them into the, the land of milk and honey right at that moment. But I have to understand, just because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you does not mean that the flesh is neglected out of this equation. 
You have to understand that sometimes God will take you through something so your faith can be tried as gold. So your faith can be increased and be stronger than when you first started in God. We can't be looking at the master's hand and tell him to stop molding us the clay in this vessel that he's trying to make. Because in the end of the days of your life, you'll look back and say, I would not want it any other way. And that's where God wants you to be in content and in him that you're wanting nothing anymore. Give me Jesus and take this world. He's wanting something to come out of you that says it doesn't matter what you take or, or what's cut off from me I'm still going to be faithful to God because he was there when I needed help Woo. he was there when I was in darkness he was there when I was in my bondage it was it was Moses that that led them into the wilderness. This wilderness was, uh, I appreciate the graphic, but it wasn't necessarily a wilderness full of lakes and streams and, and trees and shade, but this wilderness actually was a desert. It was one of the hottest deserts on the planet Earth. It was a very dry place, and that's why when you see in Scripture and you read this Bible here today, you can see how they became parched. It was three days without water. They were they they could not go, uh, brother Matt. They could not go another day without water. Their their bodies could not handle it anymore. It it was a place where they had just been delivered. They just had a celebration, but now there's this roadblock in the journey. There's, there's this 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 uh, pause, if I can say, on the video of their walk with God. It, it was a place where they 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 got a little uh, hangry, if I can say. Woo! They got a little mad at the person that said the ice cream machine's broken. They got a little. Come on, you know how you are when you're hangry. Woo! You go knock a wall down. <laughs> They, they got to this place of needing something. Whew. It was something. It was called the mar, the waters of Mara, which means bitter. This waters was not, be, it was not able to be drink. It, they could not drink it because it was too bitter. It, it was not, it was going to actually kill them in the very moment if they were to drink this water. They would have got sick and they knew they would have got sick, but they began to complain to Moses on what we should drink. Look at your neighbor and say, what am I going to drink? What am I going to drink? But let me, let me backtrack here. When we read the beginning of the story, it was Moses that brought them to the Red Sea. It was God leading Moses to bring them through this wilderness. I'm reminded of a familiar passage in our Bibles here today that it was Jesus when he was born again, when he was baptized, fulfilling the law, fulfilling the scripture, fulfilling as an example how we should be baptized, how we should go down. It was in that infancy of his, his baptism, the spirit of God, the Bible says, led him to a wilderness. Woo. In the infancy, in the beginning of his journey of his ministry, and he went into this desert. He went into this wilderness, and he had fasted for 40 days. He had nothing to drink. He had nothing to eat. And then the tempter comes when he is weak. Woo! 
I'm going to tap into something right now. Let me tell you, spiritual warfare one-on-one, the devil does not care how weak you are. Newsflash, he don't care if you're on vacation. You could be on the beach soaking up in the sun with your feet hanging out. You could be fishing on the boat in the ocean. You could be up in the mountains of Montana. It doesn't matter where you're at. The devil does not take days off. He is a coward, and I'm not afraid to say it. The reason why he's a coward, because he doesn't go after you when you have all strength, when you have all power. He's going to go at you when you're at your lowest. Jesus is at his lowest physically. And when you're at your lowest physically, you got let me remind you, when he is fasting, he is depleted. He is dehydrated. He, he has nothing left inside of him to give. He doesn't have a foot to stand on. And when he sees that old, ugly tempter raise his head above the sand dunes and look at him and begin to talk in his ear, you know what he did as our example? He says, the word of God says otherwise. And let me tell you here today, when you are weak and you have nothing to stand on, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. What you can stand on is the word of God because it is settled in heaven and it is settled in earth. It is the very eternal word of God that we are going to make it out of here and we're going to make it through every test and trial and every storm in our life. Everybody say there's power in the word. There's power in the word. He looked, at the, he looked at the devil. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. When he was in his weakest, when he was in the st- state that he could not handle the very pressures of the environment, let alone the spiritual attack of this tempter, you're going to have the devil look you in the face sometimes and say, is this really what the Lord meant? Is this really what the Lord is saying? Because he is a that is seeking whom he may devour. Lions are smart. They don't go after the front part of the herd that's running away. They look at a baby calf or they look at someone that's just new in God and they'll go after that one that's that's behind behind the, the, the charge, the one that's just a, a few steps behind and they're, they're, they're seeking and, and they're just waiting for the right It's because that old, ugly lion keeps roaring from the den. He keeps roaring. He gets louder, louder, and louder. Some of you can't sleep at night. Some of you can't can't even function. You can't even feel worthy enough to raise your hands in the church that you attend faithfully. You give your tithes. You show up faithfully. You come to prayer meetings. You come to Bible study, and you don't feel worthy enough. Let me remind you that there's no one that can dwell in the spirit of God and dwell in the spirit of condemnation at the same time. Why does he make us feel guilty? Because he's already lost. 
He is already defeated. He knows his days are numbered. He knows his time is up. And if anything he can do, and one thing that was given to him in heaven is was his pipes. The only thing and avenue he's going to work with is the roar that he keeps roaring after us. He'll keep saying that you can't live for God. You're not good enough. Are you sure, Eve, this is what the Lord said? Are you sure? That's why Eve's number one mistake is she did not quote the word for what the word was written. Lord didn't say you can't touch. He said you can't eat. That's why we got to be strong in the word. That's why we need reading our Bibles in the house. You want a strong church? I'll show you a strong church by how many strong families are in that church. Come on, daddy and mama. You got to be able to have worship in your house. I'm tapping in something. You can't be ashamed because Johnny thinks you're silly or Susie thinks you're acting a fool. I want to tell you something right now. I made up in my mind when we had our daughter that I'm not going to hold back in my house. I'm not. I'm going to mirror what I experience in church service and I'm going to mirror it in my living room because I know where there's worship, when there's praise, when there's the word, the devil has to flee. The devil can't stand to hear the word of God speak. So that's why when they're going to bed, you need to get out that book. You need to read Psalms 23. He leads me. He leads me. He leads me. I know it's tough. I know we don't have bills to pay. I know we have no money in the bank. I know grandma's sick. But one thing we're going to do, we're going to be faithful to God. Because I'm not going to deny him. Because I know he'll come through. I know he'll come through. Uh, am I okay, Pastor? It's, 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 I remember at a young age, my grandmother, we lived in her house, and I remember uh, staying in the basement. I was right, right below her room, and we had to live with her for a period of time because we were struggling with some things, and, and, and I was there at majority of my stay in high school, and I remember that, 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 that woman, she got up early in the morning, Four o'clock in the morning, and you can hear those feet. You know what she was doing? She was cleaning. Four o'clock in the morning, waking everybody up. <laughs> but more than I heard those feet, four foot ten, by the way. Strides a little short, you know what I mean? I hear that woman. Get to pray for her babies. Woo! I begin to hear her grandmother begin to call on the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over my grandbabies. Woo! I remember when I was backslidden in high school, my mama would take me to prayer meeting. I would stay out in the parking lot in that car on my way ready to go to high school to lift some weights for football. But I remember she said, I ain't going to take you to practice. I'm not going to take you to the gym. I don't care if you come in or come out. But I'm going in there and you're staying in the parking lot while I pray. You know who she was praying for? She was praying for me. If it had not been for a mama or a grandmama praying for their babies, I wouldn't be praying preaching the gospel here today. What am I trying to tell you? Mom and dad, you want to thrive as a Christian family? You need to get to prayer. You need to build that altar. You need to get that book out because it's the last days and Cambridge is going to explode. But it ain't going to explode when mama and 
begin to pray, begin to intercede. She didn't care who thought who she was. She didn't care how loud she was. When the Holy Ghost showed up, that woman got to pray and she began to utter things to pass. That's why when you get into prayer, when you get into the Spirit of God, He works through you like a conduit. He works you works through you like a vessel. You'll begin to say things you never thought you would say. You'll begin to pray things to pass that you never thought you'll pray to pass. Guess what? You can't prophesy in your prayer room. You can't enter a realm in your prayer closet that no one knows about. But when you begin to pray on Monday morning, on Monday night, something happens in church service. You know why? Because somebody was praying. There's power in prayer. I'll say that again. There is power in prayer. He goes, Jesus signifying. He was tempted in all areas. You think God does not understand all he knows? Every emotion that's come against you, everything that you went through, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, he went through it even worse. Even worse. That's why he came down to the throne as a man. He says, I, I'm going to go through this for their deliverance. I'm going to go through this for their breakthrough. He was tempted in all areas, folks. He took the stripes for your healing today. He took the crown of thorns. Let me remind you, he took those big spikes on his head so he can heal you from every mental disease that the doctor has written a note about. He, he, he has taken it. His breath was taken away from you because when you struggle with anxiety in the middle of the night and depression, and it's so, it's so crippling that you can't breathe at some times, and you're stressed out about your grandchildren or your children here today, they're backslidden, they're lost, they're on the streets, and it cripples you. Guess what? He took it upon himself so you never have to go through that you know I really believe it, it it hit me when I got here it hit me again when I was up there I believe the Lord the Lord knows it your pastor knows it in the future whenever the Lord's will there's going to be some ministries that birth out of this church hear me it may not be behind a pulpit. The man of God knows. But there's going to be ministries because when you went through the storm, when you went through that dry place, that wilderness, the Bible says when Jesus overcame the temple, that the angels of ministry came unto him. They came to rejuvenate him. And when he came out of that wilderness, the Bible says he came in the spirit of and in power. In, everybody say dominion. It's, 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 it's called, it's called tailored ministries. When you are battling something at your early age in your 20s, or if you're battling it right now, when you overcome that, you'll be able to take those same hands that were weary. Woo! that same mind that was weak and you'll be able to lay hands on those in the future that struggle with the same thing and God's going to bring deliverance through them through you to them because you were you went through it and God brought you out of it 
It's not enough for the preacher on Sunday to preach the word of faith and 15 people get baptized and 11 get delivered. Guess what? The deliverance is coming through the body. I'm not greater than you and you're not greater than me. We are all in the one body in Jesus Christ. And it's time that we get some spiritual maturity and say, you know what, honey? You know, he he delivered us from this. I'm going to go down the road and, and knock on someone's door. And I'm telling you, you know what? God delivered me from nicotine. And I've been sober for 15 years. I used to do heroin. I used to be an alcoholic. I, I used to flirt around with every which woman. And I used to have broken marriages. Guess what? I got a good marriage. I've been sober. I've been in my right mind. I got a good paying job. And guess what? I know a God that can do it for you. You got to get it this here today. That God wants to work through his body to have dominion. Come on. This is not a family church. I'm... don't take this wrong. I'm grateful for the Christmas family. I'm glad what God's doing in you. I'm glad what God's doing in every one of you kids. But guess what? This is his church. This is his body. God wants to use some of you, but you got to tell that old roaring lion, you got to tell him sometimes, excuse my terminology, sometimes you got to look the devil in the face and say, shut up and get out of my house. Am I okay? Sometimes you got to say, be quiet, go back in your corner, because guess what? God has got great things for me and my family. God has got work for me to do. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands right now. Come on, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, God's got work for you to do right now. God wants to use you and your wife. God wants to use your children. God wants to do a work in Cambridge. I've convinced some. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Oh, man, only if you knew what I came from. You'd be amazed just like I am. I'm standing here right now with a microphone in my hand. I'm telling you right now that you're going through it at this moment. But when you come out of it, you're going to come out with power. You're going to come out with power. You're going to come out with power. These bitter waters, they were bitter. It was a place that was short in time. But through their lens and their perspective, it was a whole eternity. The Bible says that the sandals... Their foot did not swell. They did not need to get new garments. You have to understand that when you go through the wilderness, God will sometimes perform the most supernatural things in your life in the very midst of it. And you could be so focused on the problem and so focused on the issues and so focused on the recurring thing that keeps popping up and keeps hindering you and keeps stopping you where God wants you to be that you you neglect what's happening all around you. For 40 years there in this wilderness and God supplied every need that they had. Woo! Every single one. Moses was writing in Deuteronomy. He was talking to a generation that was born in the wilderness. And when they were born 
in the wilderness. He reminded them that your forefathers, that your daddy and mommies, and you right now, when you're growing, your clothes is growing with you. When your feet were getting bigger, your foot did not swell and hurt because when my God calls you to something, he's going to bring you out of it. He's not going to call you to something that's going to overcome you here today. He's not going to bring you through something that's going to destroy you. But guess what? When the enemy says you're going to be destroyed, you're going to die, and you're going to be defeated, you need to look at him and you need to remind yourself, hey God, if the Spirit drew me, the Spirit's going to get me out of here. If God put me through it, God's going to get me out. Send them to another area. 
God's trying to send you here today. God is trying to use you here today. It's time to change the garment. It's time to understand that we, we don't belong around these bitter waters. We don't belong around these waters that, 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 that just represent bitterness. Your name is not supposed to be Marty here today. Just good enough. I'm just lucky to be here. There, is, there has been never luck in this equation. You're here for a divine purpose. I'm talking to everyone under the sound of my voice. I'm not a mean person. I'm bold in the Holy Ghost right now. You are here by divine circumstances. And this church, the next level of this church, it's going to grow, it's going to move forward, but we got to change the garments. You got to put on the priestly garment he's called you to. You got to put on that garment of praise and worship and prayer. Some of you, he's calling to a ministry of prayer. You may not step behind this pulpit, but God's going to lead you in the midnight hour, lead you throughout the day to intercede for this pastor and this family and for this church and for this community because there's going to be tempters that come in the journey of this church. There's going to be little, I call them minions, they're demons, there's there's spiritual high places of wickedness that try to come against this pastor, come against this family, and come against your families. But guess what? You got to be the watchman at your door, ready for the Lord to come and ready for the thief to knock on your door. Because if we're ready, come on somebody, if we're praying, if we're fasting, if we're coming to church, when he calls prayer revival, we got to come to prayer revival. we got to write everything off the schedule and be in the house of God because me just showing up on a mediocre Thursday night is one stone being added to the castle that God is building in Cambridge, Ohio. It's one brick being added to the house of God that no man can see. But in the spirit, every devil in hell notices that's not a church to be reckoned with lift your hands right now I'm on pray right now I'm on the Lord forgave you a long time ago I'm on it's time to stop living day by day check by check in your in your faith with God Woo. Come on, check by check in the blessings of the Lord. Sunday by Sunday in the blessings of the Lord. You're going to start coming to Sundays in the overflow. I come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, you come to church to get refilled. But guess what? You're going to enter in a season in your life where you're going to come to get, be in the overflow. You're not going to come to be taken, but you're going to be in the giver. You're going to be in the lender. You're the head and not the tail. Come on, come on. you got to receive that paradigm shift. Some of you, some families I'm talking to, some individuals I'm talking to, he didn't call you just to come and get your fix. He called you to do something on this planet Earth to be used by God, to be mighty in God, and to do something great for the Lord. Huh? 
to go through this desert. There's going to be healing here today. It may, not, it may not be physical healing, but it's going to be spiritual and emotional healing. I was on my way to preach at a church. I had a message in mind I was going to preach. And I was driving to this church. And the Lord quickened me in the car. As soon as I arrived, the pastor's wife was there. And going through a storm in their life, they were, they were weak and battling the tempter. She looked at me openly. You have no clue what a pastor's wife goes through. Or what preachers go through. Sometimes they got to drag their carcasses behind that pulpit. They got to drag their bodies behind that pulpit. Dealing with funerals and death and grief and, and dealing with sleepless nights and, and panic attacks. You have no clue what a man of God goes through. They, they're, they're poor to make some rich, like Paul said. They're weak to make some strong. And she, she couldn't handle it anymore. She looked at me. I was scheduled to preach there. She broke down to me. She says, just last night I had a dream. I had a dream I was painting the church. <laughs> I had a dream I was painting the church. And every time I begin to paint, God told me to preach this message, switched it on my way there. And the Lord confirmed it in that moment. She said, every time I went to paint, there was sand that began to fall at my feet. Whew. There was sand just kept falling. It wasn't paint droplets, it was sand that kept falling at my feet. Every time I went to go do something for the church, there was sand falling. not careful, you'll be in the middle of a desert and you'll expect a mirage every single time. What a mirage is, it's a, it's a phenomenon when it's so hot that the heat is bouncing off and it refracts the actual, the, I'm not a scientist here, it's something with the moisture in the air and the light beams and it's, it's refraction and when you look at something it looks like a water image from a distance and what you think is a palm tree what you think is better waters all you see is sand all you see is a disappointment and they're walking through the wilderness God had healed them. God had delivered them. But now they're in this journey. The heat is intensifying. The storm, if I can say, is getting stronger. And they're walking. And every time they begin to see something from afar, miles away, and they get close to it, it's nothing but another sand dune. It's nothing but a pile of sand. Just like the bitter waters, if you're not careful, you'll always expect a letdown in your life. You always expect to be average and come to the same place every Sunday and every Bible study and be to amount to the same level when God's calling you to greater heights and to greater things. There's got to be a change of expectation for us here today. The truth of the matter is, what an oasis is, it's a refreshing place in the middle of the desert. 
See, while you're stumbling and you're walking through life and you're going through this, woo, and you're and you're you're hot. It's hot, man. It's it's pressing deep on you. It, it, it's getting hard. It's weighing on you, man. And you're walking. You can't hardly breathe. And you and you're thirsty. And you're you're just dying for relief. There's an underground current that's leading you to a place called an oasis. An oasis is where there is an underground current so close to the surface. At one point of place in a dry, hot place, there is a spring that begins to that begins to boil up through the ground. Woo! It begins to boil up through the ground and it turns actually into a little reservoir. So much where water is, there's life. And that's so much that there's palm trees that grow around it and there's bushes and there's shade and there's food and, and there's water to drink. What, am, what is this preacher trying to tell you here this morning? That while you're stumbling and navigating through your walk with God in this desert that you may seem to be in, there is a underground current right under your feet. If you just trust on the Lord's commandment, if you just trust the man of God in your life, you're going to make it to that oasis. You won't have to stumble for water anymore. You won't have to beg anymore. You're going to come to a place of refreshment. Woo. Always, when there's a season of test, follows a season of refreshing. Interesting, you find Jesus when he was born. The Bible says that the angel warned Joseph in a dream to take him to Egypt when the king of glory wrapped himself in swaddling clothes in a, in, in a boy's body. They had to take that young Jesus to Egypt. What was that telling me? In my honest opinion, in the spirit, I think he was cleaning some things up in their past when he went to Egypt. Because Egypt has always represented a place of bondage, a place of sin. But in your place of bondage, in your place of your storm, he took refuge in it. Why? Because the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He went to your yesterday. He is in your oasis of today, and he is in your future. That's why he is the author and the finisher of my faith. The Bible says in Revelations, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. Isaiah said he works from the end all the way to the beginning. So why should I worry when I am approached with the wilderness of my life. Why should I worry when I'm struggling mentally and emotionally? Guess what, honey? The reason why you're struggling, because the enemy's afraid of you. But if you just lean on the wings of Jesus, if you just lean on his name, his name is more than enough. I wish I had a witness this morning. His power is more than enough. His touch is more than enough.
was going through a, a trial of my life emotionally. I was numb when my daughter was born emotionally. I would meet up with friends and have fellowship and I would fake smile. I would have to fake laugh. I lived in this, this state of constant waves of depression and fear. It was not bound. It was a big difference. I would go through waves of attacks emotionally. Had insomnia, nightmares. Every time I would have a nightmare, it was like almost every other night or every other day. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Last two vacations I had were torment. Be in a hotel room, couldn't sleep at night. Just last year we're in Michigan. I never, elder, I never grew up able to go on vacation. Just wasn't in the cards. Whatever you want to say. We're privileged to go to vacation. I'm on that beat on that lake house. Beautiful Michigan waters. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful night. I'm sitting in that living room. Rachel's with the baby in the other room. And I'm crying out, Jesus. I thought I was lost. God! Save me! My wife has to come out in the middle of the night. Leave the baby in the room sleeping. Rock back and forth on that rocking chair. Try to intercede for me. Just make it through the night. There was a night in my house. It was about two o'clock in the morning. I'd been wounded, hurt, shattered. I'm praying. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to get the presence of God. It was prayer that got me into this, and I know it's prayer that's going to get you out here today. Whew. Listen to me. It was an altar that got you into this, and it's going to be an altar that's going to get you out. I begin to sit at that part of my couch where I normally pray and read my Bible. I begin to weep uncontrollably. I had, I had numbness, battled numbness, and I begin to weep and cry. And as, as I begin to cry, I begin to laugh. I was laughing and crying at the same time. The Lord spoke to me when I begin to laugh. He says, I'm performing surgery on your heart. Just about verbatim. And while I'm, while I'm lifting my hands and he has his hands on me, and my pastor had his hands on me, and I'm speaking in tongues, the Lord told me, surgery complete. Living for God sometimes is not easy. But I can tell you right now, coming out on the other side, it's so worth it. 
Now I'm able to preach and minister the way I am because guys, guess what? It's not some sermon I got off the internet. I'm not, I don't want to sound arrogant here today. I'm just being honest because I went through it and now I have power on the other side. We all can stand. to this altar right now. God's going to pour a vial of emotions on you. God could give you joy again. God could give you peace again. Before we move to the next territory as a church, we've got to be healed ourselves. We've got to be changed ourselves. Come on, I wonder if someone could grab someone by the hand and come to this altar and pray. Come on, there, there can't be no shame or embarrassment here today. we got to get what we need from God here this morning. The Lord is present to heal anything. It doesn't matter what infirmity, what emotional turmoil. It does not matter what past or what condemnation you've been battling. God is trying to call you out of that wilderness. He's trying to call you out of that desert. great physician is here this morning. The great counselor is here this morning. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the line has been roaring at you about. It's time that we come out of that and we walk in the dominion. We walk in the power that God has called us to. It's time that we develop the ministry that God has called us to.
found in Jesus. He is the water when I'm thirsty. He is the bread when I'm hungry. It's all found in him. Come on, this breakthrough is gonna be the breakthrough that gets me over it. This prayer meeting is gonna be the prayer meeting that gets me over it. It's gonna be I'm not gonna struggle anymore.
last thing. Pastor Christman, are we okay? Okay. There's never such thing as a powerful church without prayer. Churches are powerful because of prayer. Prayerful families. Prayerful marriages. Prayerful individuals. You will get through everything in your life. Prayer. And I don't, I just feel this, I almost like seal it, see it in a way. That there's some, if not a lot, that we come to this altar and we, we, we get prayed for, right? We get renewed and refilled. We have these breakthroughs. But God wants you now to change that instead of being prayed for to lay hands on someone else and pray with. You're going to find some of your ministries when you're praying with other people. God will heal you while he's healing the other. Listen to that. Eli Hernandez, which my pastor believed was a prophet of the Lord, seen very, very things in the kingdom of God. Many healings and many miracles. I read in his book recently, several months ago, that he talked about love. And I, I was at a church a couple weeks ago, and I talked about how love conquers. When you read 1 John, he talks about perfect love. I don't know God's love was... It's love. It's, it's already perfect. What was he meaning by perfect? In the context of scripture, it always was referred to someone else in the body of Christ. What, what makes love whole, if I can say, or perfected, is when you selflessly give or pray for someone else. Every miracle, every sign and every wonder, we are apostolic church. We believe in science. We believe what the doctor can't fix, Jesus can. But guess what? Here, here's the paradigm shift. It's going to come through these hands. Because you are his hands. You are his feet. You are his mouth. He had a guy and I'm not going to belabor the point. He had a guy that that had a gun bullet, uh, gun bullet wound in his chest. The bullet was so close to the tissue of his lungs that the doctor could not remove it. After three years, because of the metal, um, there was cancer developing around the lungs. And he, he in this revival, I think it was the first night he was preaching, he felt impressed with the Holy Ghost according to the Word of God for people to pray for others. But instead of the one laying hands on them, asking the person being prayed for how they feel, it was the opposite. The person being prayed for would ask the person praying for them, how do they feel? So he had this guy that needed a miracle to go pray for someone else. 
They asked that gentleman. He started having these warm sensations and fire burning in his chest. He began to run and shout and believe that God healed him. He went back to the doctor, and the doctor did the scan on his chest. And he says, oh, we got to do another scan. Another scan. He said, let's just do one more scan. We'll make sure that we get the, the correct machine, everything. And they do it. He comes in the room. He says, listen, I'm not shocked that your cancer's gone. But what I can't fathom is that I can't find the bullet, nor can I find the hole. Now listen here. Listen here. God wants to do miracles in Cambridge. I'll say that again. God wants to do miracles in Cambridge. I'm talking about people are going to come in here bound with drugs, nicotine, sexual permits, all kinds of stuff. They're going to have bondage, but some of you are going to lay hands on them, and they will they will look back and know when the deliverance began. They will know when the turn happened. They will know when the breakthrough came. Woo. Out of that miracle, out of that one miracle, was weeks of revival. The pastor continued that revival. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher these my head. There was around I believe two hundred miracles and eight documented cancers removed from people's bodies. Why? Because the body's not looking at themselves anymore. We're not stuck by the bitter waters. We're not stuck in the same clothing anymore. God has called us to greater things. And I'm going to get my prayer life. I'm going to get my devotion down. I'm going to fast and I'm going to seek the Lord. And I'm not coming to another Sunday wanting from God. I'm coming to a Sunday of mine. Who can I give? Who can I pray for? Who can I lay my hands on? Who can I give a word of wisdom or a word of encouragement? Why? Because everything is in the flow of God's love. Let's lift our hands one more time. I'm coming out of the wilderness. There's an oasis waiting on me. There's a power going to be placed on me. There's dominion I'm going to walk in. I want you to speak that right now. I'm going to walk in dominion. Come on, somebody. Come on, mom and dad. Our family's going to be saved. We're going to have unity in the house. We're going to live righteous. We're going to be holy. I am going to be a woman.
name of Jesus. God, we love you this morning. We're thankful for your healing power. I want every person to raise your hands. I'm not going to be redundant. There's a fresh of the Holy Ghost for you this morning. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands and begin to pray right now. It's going to come on you. Come on. Let, just let the Spirit of the Lord speak in this place. Come on, let the rivers rivers of living water springing up into everlasting life. If you believe on me, as the Scripture has said, out of your body shall flow rivers of living water. It's a refreshing for your soul. Come on, it'll come, it'll quench the thirst of your soul. In the name of Jesus, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. It's here this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. in the 
the Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Are we thankful for the word of the Lord this morning? Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on, like you need it today. this morning I want you to make this statement I'm going to move out a little bit deeper come on I've stayed where I've been comfortable too long I feel like this is a word from the, from the Lord for somebody today I'm going to take a step Just I'm going to go a little deeper I, I'm going to lose a little bit more of myself I'm going to lay aside a little more of, of what I want and I'm going to add just a little more of what he wants. Come on, why don't you lift your hands and do that this morning. God's going to meet us. He'll respond to your prayer. I'm moving a little deeper with the Lord. Come on, make that declaration this morning. I'm going to move out a little deeper. I'm moving forward with God. Come on, I'm going to give a little bit more of my time in prayer. Come on, I'm going to give a little bit more of my time in, in reading his word. I'm going to give a little bit more of my time in communing with God. Come on, of talking with my neighbors, ministering to my family. I'm going to give a little bit more. I'm moving out deeper. Lord, I pray that you would get a hold of me. Pull on me, Lord. God, I pray that you would draw us, Lord, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. God, I pray, Lord, that you would go before us and prepare the way. God, not only prepare the path that's before us, God, but protect us from behind, Lord. Protect us from our past. Protect us from our enemy, Lord, that might try to sneak up from behind us and get a hold of us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would put a 360 watch, God, upon us and about your people, Lord. I pray, God, that you would stir up, Lord, the gift of God that's within us. God, let it, let it, let it purge us, Lord. Let it set aflame all the chaff and all the things that need to be destroyed. And God, let it loose your power and your anointing in our lives. God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. And then somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.